Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. We thank you once again, Heavenly Father, all the things you have done for us. Thank you. 
Lord bless your children of God. We greet each of you once again in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, our strength and our redeemer, our very present help in a time of trouble. This is again the day the Lord has made. We are rejoicing and we are glad in it. For those of you that have been worshiping with us, you know that we are working on our most recent topic entitled Big Investment, Big Return. And we should finish this topic this evening, we thank God for everything that he has shared with us. Uh, we looked at capital A in our outline, kingdom principles. Very important, children of God, for you and I to familiarize ourselves with the kingdom principles. And what the Lord is bringing in my spirit now is this is why in what is commonly called the Lord's Prayer, we ask for his will to be done in earth as it is in heaven. In heaven, everything is moving in accordance with kingdom principles. We want that in the earth, children of God. No one is being murdered in heaven. No one is, being, is stealing from anybody. No one is jealous or envious of anyone. Kingdom principles are manifesting themselves throughout the presence of God, paradise. We ask for that to be done in the earth as it is in heaven. Matthew 6.33, Matthew 19.24, capital B. Secrets of the kingdom, Mark chapter 4, verse 11. Understand that kingdom principles are secrets to the carnal mind. Carnal mind doesn't know what kingdom principles are. 
But you and I, as children of God, we can be uh, knowledgeable and we can become aware of the secrets of the kingdom through our faith and our diligence and our sincerity and study. God will begin to reveal secrets of the kingdom to you and I. We looked at Mark 4 and 11, Luke 24, 16. Capital C, sowing is investing. Very important to keep that in mind, children of God. Um, what you sow into the kingdom of God is also another name for what you are investing. And the beautiful thing about the kingdom of God is that you will not lose out on your uh, what you sow into the kingdom. Galatians chapter 6, verse 8. John chapter 4, verse 36. Capital D, it's big or it's small to you. It's big or it's small to you. Uh, one of the things we have the ability to do as, as human beings is to make things bigger than what they really are or make things smaller. We have that type of ability. But what we want to do is we want to uh, gain the eyesight and the vision of God. This is why most of us that have natural vision problems, we go to the optometrist and we get glasses, we get contact lenses. Why? Because we understand that there is a standard of vision in humanity. There are certain things you and I ought to be able to see. And when we can't see them, for whatever reason, that means there are problems in our physical vision. We go to the optometrist or the eye doctor so that we can get these things fixed and we can see at a standard level. Well, God has a way of seeing things, and he gives us his word. He gives us his spirit. He gives it that we might see things like he sees things. All right? Uh, we looked at Matthew 25, 15, Matthew 27, and 16. Capital E, God loves. God loves. Taking a look uh, at this uh, subtopic, at some of the things that God loves, and we understand that just as there are things that God loves, there are things that God hates. The Bible talks about how God hates divorce. God hates hypocrisy. He hates sin. He hates pretension. There are a lot of things that, that God hates. And so as children of God, we want to um, move in as much of what God loves as possible and try to stay as far away from what God hates as is possible. We looked earlier today at 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 7. This evening we're going to look at Deuteronomy chapter 23 and verse 5. Deuteronomy chapter 23 and verse 5. <laughs> From the book of Deuteronomy, with a very special focus on verse what? Hello, you're I'm able to ask the phone right now, so if you could leave a brief message, and I will get back with you. Have a nice day, and enough of that other noise. At the tone, please record your message. When you've finished recording, you may hang up or press 1 for more options. From the New Scripture reads as follows Deuteronomy chapter 23 and verse 5. However, the Lord your God 
would not listen to Balaam, but turned the curse into a blessing for you. Because the Lord your God, what? He loves you. Capital E in our outline, God loves you. You. Let us pray. Father, in Jesus' mighty and glorious name we pray. We thank you today, Father, for another beautiful day. We thank you, Father, for the privilege, the honor to be able to worship you in spirit and in truth, the privilege and the honor to be able to come together, search your scriptures, seek your face. We once again, Father, have gathered with the express purpose of hearing your words of wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. Father, we thank you for so many blessings, so many things that we don't want to take for granted, but we want to uh, acknowledge you for being good to us. We want to acknowledge you for being kind. We give you glory, honor, and praise. Father, as we study these ancient scriptures of yours, we're asking again that you will open our hearts and our minds that the seed, which is the word of God, will fall on good soil. That we may bring forth a harvest in our lives, some 30, some 60, some 100 times what has been sown. Speak, Father, for your people are listening. Give us a word from heaven that will nourish us, will convict us, will convert us, will bring us closer to your character and your good, pleasing, and perfect will. Father, we trust that you will do these things for us as we are careful to give your name all glory, honor, and praise. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen and amen. As we look at Deuteronomy chapter 23, verses 1 through 8, um, the scripture deals with exclusion from the assembly. Now, it's almost ironic that you hear God talking about uh, how much he loved his people, and then be talking about exclusion from the assembly in the same breath. But, but the reality is that when you do love a people, you understand that there are certain people, certain places, and certain things that must go from their life. Certain people, certain places, and certain things that must go from their life. Now, uh, the nation of Israel was, was just starting out here as... You have reached the maximum people. time permitted for recording and your message. It is very impossible. If you're satisfied very, with the message, very, very, press 1. Uh, to listen to your message, press 2. When you to erase and re-record, press 3. in bondage for a long time, it's, it's very important that... If you're satisfied uh, with the message, press 1. To listen to your message, press 2. To erase and re-record, press 3. Sometimes individuals that have been in bondage, you can even take individuals that, that come out of prison. If you're satisfied with the message, press 1. To listen to your message, press 2. To erase and re-record, press 3. Sometimes it can be very difficult for them to, uh, to readjust. To Sorry, you're having trouble. Right, your message has been sent. Please try again later. Goodbye. Because you've been told what to do. You've been told where to go. You've been told what time to eat, when to do this, when to do that. When, and now all of a sudden you have freedom. Sometimes individuals do not uh, adjust well to freedom after a long 
period of time in bondage. These people have been in bondage for 430 years. They got up when the Egyptians told them to get up. They went to sleep when the Egyptians told them to go to sleep. They ate what the Egyptians told them to eat. They did the jobs that the Egyptians, they told, told, do this, do this, do And now they are free. This is why a lot of times young people that come out from under strict discipline and orderly households go to college and act like complete fools. Well, why? Because they, they've had structure. They've had, again, we talked earlier today about framework. They've had order. Now, all of a sudden, I can go sleep when I want to go to sleep. I can eat what I want to eat. I can watch what I want to and, and a lot of times, it's not a pretty sight. And see, all of that is when, when, when you have come out of a very disciplined and structured environment, and then as soon as you get free to do things like you want, you do things very different from the discipline and structured environment, then that goes to show that you really didn't get what the discipline and structured environment was all about. That's all that means. See, because, because people that have wisdom understand that success is built upon discipline and structure. Anybody that is truly successful understands that true success is built on discipline and structure. The kingdom of God is not a kingdom where people, you know, even though we are free in Christ, well, what are we really free to do? We're really free to do what God tells us to do. That's the freedom that, that Christ wants us to, to, to understand and to, to appreciate and to enjoy. The freedom to, to go from listening to and doing what the devil say to now the freedom to listen to and do what God say. And God was doing the same thing with the nation of Israel thousands of years ago. They were under Egyptian rule. They were under Egyptian structure. They were under Egyptian law. They were under Egyptian domination. God said, now, come on out of that. I'm bringing you out of that so that I can bring you in to my rules, my laws, which are infinitely better than man's. One thing you will find with truly great people, truly, now I'm not talking about individuals that lucked up and stumbled up, but you will find, you'll find the discipline and you'll find the structure in their life. I heard one great wise man say something that, that what you do on a regular basis, on a daily basis, will determine your success or your failure in life. What you do on a regular basis. Normally, failures, the reason why they are failures is because they got a lot of bad habits. Normally, people that are successful is because normally they have a lot of good habits. Habits, you know, habit is not bad. Habit is not good. It depends on what the habit is. But normally failures, people that are failures, people that constantly make the same, mistake, same mistakes over and over and over again, normally you can go into their life and you can pick out the habits that they have, the things that they do on a regular and repeated basis that are leading them to failure. This is why God tells us be transformed by the renewing of our minds. You've got to say you've got to think different. You've got to think different. Successful people normally think successful thoughts. They have clear-cut goals and clear-cut visions and clear-cut things that they are trying to get to. People that oftentimes end up in failure, they say, why, because just whatever comes up, it's just, we just whatever's clever. God said, I'm giving my people clear-cut instructions, clear-cut vision, clear-cut way of doing this thing. Now, exclusion from the assembly. Bible says no one who has been emasculated had their penis and their scrotums removed by crushing or cutting may enter the assembly of the Lord. Huh? So 
So, so you say, Apostle, what you got, man? Well, we're seeing here, even in the Old Covenant, a man's private parts were important to God. A man's private parts were important to God. You mess around with the, with the, with the wrong activity with your private parts. In fact, a whole lot of the Old Testament uh, or many portion of the Old Testament deal with men not using their private parts properly. You not use your private parts properly in the Old Testament, you could die. Jump on out there and commit your adultery if you want to. You could die. Jump on out there and 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 uh, you know remove your private parts by crushing or cutting. You could die. You could die. Private parts. Bible says no one born of forbidden marriage nor any of his descendants may enter the assembly of the Lord, even down to the 10th generation. Forbidden marriage. But what happened? The individual again, I didn't use his private parts. Wrong. Because if the marriage was forbidden, then he'd go in and have sex. No Amorite, Ammonite, or Moabite, or any of his descendants may enter the assembly of the Lord, even down to the 10th generation. For, watch this, for they did not come to meet you with bread and water on your way when you came out of Egypt. And they hired Balaam, son of Baor, from Pethor in Aram, Naharim, to pronounce a curse on you. Now, now this is, God says that, that he dealt very seriously with individuals and still does on how they treat Israel. Right today, God, they're still God's people now. Let's don't get confused. The is these individuals here, um, the Ammonites, Moabites, when the Israelites came out of Egypt, these individuals didn't provide the customary hospitality. You got a group of people just coming out of slavery. You know that some bread and wine would be would be a nice gesture. And because they didn't bring it, they did not come to meet you with bread or and water when you came out of Egypt. They did not because of this. Now they are going to be uh, their blessings that are going to be withheld from them. They can't enter the assembly of, of the Lord, even down to the what tenth generation. They tried to curse God's people. Now, some of you all under the sound of my voice, you're running into difficulties right now because the modern-day Israel is the church or God's people. You, you have run your mouth in the wrong way toward God's people. These people tried to get a curse put on God's people. Instead of bringing them bread, instead of bringing them water, instead of the, the customary Hospital signs and shows of hospitality. They refused to do that, and on top of that, tried to put a curse on God's people. And now, what has happened is the curse of God has now come to them. I encourage you on the side of my voice: watch your mouth. Before the same curse you try to put on the church, before the same curse you try to put on God's people, before the same the same curse that you try to put on God's servant end up clinging and sticking to you. How many times have you ever tried to use super glue? Try to use super glue. You're going to glue something else. You're going you're gonna to glue that button back on the thing and mess around and glue your finger to the can of super glue. See? 
You were trying to glue something else, but you messed around and glued yourself. Some of you all understand my voice. You were trying to curse somebody else. You were trying to curse, but the curse messed around and came back to you. But look at look at verse, and I want to encourage somebody with verse five, and this is our focus here before we close. The Bible says, However, the Lord your God would not listen to Balaam, but turn the curse into a blessing for you. Child of God, I want to encourage you this evening that every curse that your enemies have tried to curse you with, it will be taken by God and turned into a blessing for you. God says all things. Hmm? Work together for good, for those who love me, saith the Lord, for those who are called according to my purpose. God says that even the curses of your enemy, even the mistreatment of your enemy, even the unbelief of your enemy, even the naysayers and the doubters and those who think ill will of you, God says, I'm going to take all of that and I'm going to work it together for your good. However... The Lord, your God, would not listen to Balaam, but turn the curse into a blessing for you. Why? God says, because I love you. What are we talking about here? God loves you, children of God. He loves us. He loves us. Keep that in mind. Keep that in mind. God didn't say that, that, that uh, the gates of hell would not come against the church. He didn't say that. He said the gates of hell will not prevail. Oh, they're going to come. They're going to come, and it's going to look like at times they got the victory. Understand that when Jesus hung up there on the cross, all beaten, all bloody, crown of thorns stuck in his head, spears stuck in his side, nails in his, in his hands, nails in his feet, it looked like to the undiscerning, to the, to, the, to, the, to, the, to the natural eye, as if Satan and his children had got the victory. But what they thought was a victory ended up being their downfall. Because the Bible tells us that without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. It is through that death that the enemy and his children thought was a great victory for them that they really spelled their own downfall. You say, Apostle, what are you trying to get us to understand? The very things that your enemies are trying to do to you and think that they are getting the victory through doing it, it's going to be used as it's going to have a boomerang effect. God is going to end up blessing you, and he's going to end up blessing me. Just remain faithful. The Bible says God did not, he would not listen to Balaam, but turned the curse into a blessing for you. Now, the Lord is flashing something in my spirit. He had given me a, a uh, parable down in Nairobi, Kenya, some months ago, and the saints really really uh, got this. What God gave me as a parable, and we're not going to do it here, but we were talking about this, this same type of thing, how that God said he was going to uh, all things work together for our good, for those of us who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. And I had two of the saints in the church stand up, and one represented us, and the other saint or the other individual uh, represented the children of the devil or the devil, and how do they like to take and throw stuff at us, evil stuff, bad stuff? And what I had, the one that was representing the adversary, the devil and his children, had some stuff 
that he was going to throw, and it was supposed to hit the child of God. Now, I represented God. And what I did was I allowed that individual that was representing the adversary and his children to throw some stuff. But then when he threw the stuff, I stepped in, caught the stuff, and ended up giving them some good stuff. And that's how God operates in you and I's life. Our enemies and the adversary, and people that don't like us, and people that they throwing all kind of stuff, but God steps in. And before that stuff hits us, God takes it and turns it into something good. Bless the name of the living God. Keep that in mind, children of God. There's nothing that the devil and his children will throw at us that our God will not take and turn it around as a blessing. That's why he said all things work together. God said, let me catch that. Don't you be trying to catch it. God said, don't you jumping in front of me trying to catch it. Let me catch that. Let me take that. Work it together for your good. And then when I give it to you, it'll be something good. God said, I took their curses and I turned them into the blessings. God said, I'll take your weeping throughout the night, turn it into joy in your morning. God said, I'll take your crosses and turn them into a crown. We about done. Let's see. God said, don't seek a treaty or a friendship with them as long as you live. Do not abhor an Edomite, for he is your brother. Do not abhor an Egyptian, because you lived as an alien in his country. Now, look at that now. God said, don't hate the Egyptians. You're telling the people that have been in slavery for 430 years, don't hate them. And God is saying the same thing to many of us as, as African Americans. We don't hate. Why in the world I'm going to hate uh, my white brothers and sisters for something that uh, some of their ancestors may have done to some of my ancestors. That's done. See, that's done. You can't blame people for what their ancestors did, good or bad. That's what they did. And this is why we have to get to know people on an individual basis. Scripture already lets us to know that you can have a very, very wicked man with a very, very righteous son. Or you can have a very, very righteous man with a very, very wicked son. Do not abhor an Egyptian because you lived as an alien in his country. Third generation of children born to them may enter the assembly of the Lord. Look at that. God is saying, even those who mistreated you, even those that held you in bondage and in captivity, they can enter in. And what God is doing is he's, he's showing us, he's showing us in, these, in these scriptures here, even though this is Old Testament, even though this is Old Covenant, even though this is Mosaic Law, we are still seeing glimpses of the grace of God. God's saying, look, you know, at the appointed time, even they can come in. Well, the same thing God is saying to us about the church. See, whatever sinners there may be out there, you know, once they accept Christ, which is the appointed time, once they accept Jesus Christ, they come on in. They're not brothers. Might have been homosexuals out there, but now you don't come on in to cry. Might have been adulterers. Might have been fornicators. Might have been drug dealers. You don't accept the Christ. You can come on in. Why? Because God loves you. Hates your sin. Hates my sin. God said, let's, let's not confuse the two. 
Let's not confuse the two. God said, look, I don't throw people into hell because I hate them. I throw people in hell because I hate the sin, and they wouldn't turn that loose. God said, I wasn't about to kill Jonah because I hated him. I was about to kill Jonah because I hated that sin, and he didn't want to turn it loose. Jonah said, that's why Jonah said, those who cling to worthless idols forfeit the grace. God said, I could give you your grace, but you keep holding on to that sin. You are done the sound of my voice. Whatever, whatever beating God is putting on you, whatever chastisement, whatever punishment, God can stop that if you just turn that sin or lose. God can stop. Because as long as you keep holding that sin, I'm going to keep beating you. Oh, you tell your children, I don't see no more uh, C's and D's in here. You're going to bring in some more C's and D's anyway. Well, I'm going to beat that butt then. Yeah, start, start making A's and B's and let's see what happens to these butt beatings. God said, turn, and God ain't playing, turn the sin loose. God said, I ain't playing about that. I remember once a man I know, his, his son was having some problems at school. Every time he was into something, every time this young man was getting into some trouble, getting into trouble. And this this man I know, a co-worker of mine, he said to me, you know, he said, you know, B, this was before I, I quit teaching, he said, uh, you know, my, my son got into some more trouble at school today. I was like, what? I was like, man, didn't you just beat him for that? He said, yeah, sure did. And he told him, I said, look, as if you can keep taking these, these butt beatings I'm going to give you and, and, and keep on getting in trouble in school, he said, then go right ahead. <laughs> he said, go right ahead. Because just as certain as you get in some more trouble, he said, I'm going to get another butt beat. Well, eventually, you know, the, the, the troubles stopped and the trouble ceased. See? You know, you and I, understand this, children of God, you and I determine how long God beat our butt. Ain't so much God. It's you and I. We, we determine how long God, God, God said, look, because you stop doing that right there, I'll stop beating your butt. But God said, you're going to keep right on doing that right there. And God said, I'm going to keep right on beating you. But make no mistake about it, children of God. They're going to come up with a cure for AIDS. No doubt about it. Just like they did. God, it was time when gonorrhea, time when syphilis, run you crazy and you die. Had no cure. Men come up with a cure. But men and women won't keep right on being sexually immoral. So God allowed AIDS to come, come on out. Well, that men going to come up with a cure, you know, and all people going to feel like, oh, man, it's safe. Go back to just doing any kind of thing. And what God is going to do is he's going to let something else get you. If God said, I'm not playing about this thing called sin. God loves you. God loves, watch this, God loves the Ammonites. God loves the Moabites. God loves Baal. God loves the Egyptians. But there were restrictions on how God's people dealt with them. So it is with you and I, children of God. Not that God don't love sinners. He loves sinners. But he still tells us as his children, come out from among them and be ye separate. Ah, you all ah. Jesus ate with sinners. Yeah, he did. But he was, what he was doing, he, he was there for ministry. And that's the same thing God wants us to be there with sinners for. The Bible asks the question, what fellowship have light with darkness? Yeah, we can go and minister. But you, don't, you didn't go down to the crack house to minister. You went down to get you a two. You didn't go to the liquor house to minister to anybody. You down there with a fit for Jack Daniels. There's a difference. Jesus won't enter, was not entering into the sin with the sinners. Whenever he was with sinners, it was about ministry. And if, and if when you and I are with sinners, it's about ministry, God got no problem with that. But if we fellowshipping with them, in other words, we into the same thing that they into, 
We talking the same talk. Jesus be with sinners and still be talking the word. What you talking when you were with sinners? God got no problem with us being with sinners as long as we there for kingdom business, as long as we there sharing the word, but not fellowshipping. Come out from among them, be ye separate. God said, don't be fellowshipping with them now. What fellowship has light with darkness? God loves you. God loves everybody. But what we do will determine how God has to show his love. See, God blessing you is a show of his love for you doing right. God beating you is a show of his love for you doing wrong. Still a show of love. But the question is, which would you rather have, the blessings of God or the beatings of God? Still a show of love. See, some of us think that the beatings of God is a show of hate. God says, uh-uh, wrong answer. God says, I chasten those whom I love. Father giving his son or daughter a hug and a kiss is a show of love. Father having to whoop that hind part for son or daughter doing something crazy, that's a show of love too. Now, it doesn't fit with man's definition of love, but it fits with God's. Fits with God's. And that's whose love we are called on to show, children of God. Not the world's love. We are called to show God's love. Blessings and cursings. It's, it's very easy for our children to understand how God really works when they see how God really works in us as parents, as pastors, as overseers, how God really works. There's a certain way God really works. If you're doing the right thing, God will bless you. You're doing something crazy, God going to beat you. You're doing the right thing, God will encourage you and push you on with that. You're doing something crazy, God going to discourage you. God loves you. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, thank you again, Father, for the privilege to be able to share in fellowship with your people, in fellowship with you. We give you glory, honor, and praise. Pray, Father, that these words sink deep in the hearts and minds of your people in the four corners of the earth, and that your will will be done in each of our lives. In Jesus' mighty and glorious name we pray, amen and Amen. Question number one, let's name five groups the Lord was telling his people not to be having a lot to do with until the appointed time. Five groups the Lord was telling his people not to have anything to do with until the appointed time. Number two, who got a good one? All right. I'm not understanding. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Um, all right. Let's name. Uh, let's list two things that can can bring us success. All right. Uh, explain what is important 
for individuals that are coming out of bondage? What are some things that are important for individuals that are coming out of bondage? Since you can reach us through email at thechristensearnchurch at gmail.com, check out our website at, at www.ourchurch.com backslash remember backslash t backslash tccc. Feel free to join us on TalkShoe, Spreecast, YouTube, and iTunes at 9 a.m. 7 p.m. daily. On TalkShoe, call 724-444-7444 and to ID 17959. On Spreecast, type in Robert Bryant on YouTube and the Christian Sour Church channel. You can see excerpts of Apostle Robert Bryant on YouTube. Donations should be sent by using the donation button on the church website or our talk show homepage. God bless you and heaven smile you in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over limited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.